Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are ready to read Second Peter. Now I will rarely refer to this as an epistle or a book, though it is both in the New Testament. Um, I usually just say First Peter and Second Peter, and this is Second Peter. So I will sometimes call it a letter. I will say, well, this is Peter's second letter. Now, um, Peter's going to jump right into some very important things. So uh, he's going to do just a little in introduction and jump right into it. So uh, this is Second Peter, chapter 1. There's only three chapters in this letter. And um, I am reading from the Amplified Bible. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle, special messenger, personally chosen representative of Jesus Christ, to those who have received and possessed by God's will a precious faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he's written this letter to those, I'm going to do this very broadly, okay, to those who have this, the belief in Jesus that we do. Now, automatically, I know that while he writ, he wrote this, uh, he writ, he wrote this a long time ago to those people that were living back then. This is also intended for us because it's written to those who have the same belief in Jesus. All right, so we're going to continue on. Grace and peace, that special sense of spiritual well-being, be multiplied to you in the true, intimate knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely every necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Now, I have to stop there. I want you to notice. For his divine power has bestowed on us everything necessary for life and godliness. We have been given everything we need for life and godliness through knowledge of him. In other words, God and our Lord Jesus, they have given us everything we need for to live a life of godliness, to live and follow the Lord through true and personal knowledge of him. Okay? Especially nowadays. Now, Peter is saying this back then when they didn't have as much as we have now. Now, we have the whole Word of God. We have the Bible. It is so much easier for us. It is, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of anything. I'm, but I'm just saying we have it so much easier, so much better. Because we can read and know about the Lord so easily. And there's a lot of other books that are written about the Bible to help explain things and to help share things. <clears throat> but just having the Bible itself to be able to sit down and read it and read the Gospels and know the Lord and then read these letters which further explain how we should be and how we should act and, and our behavior and how we should care about others. So we have everything necessary. We need to realize that we are fully equipped, but we do need to study God's word. We need to make sure that we know the Lord and that we're following the Lord. Okay? But we have everything we need. We're not lacking 
in anything we need for our spiritual life and our spiritual growth. All right, I'm going to continue on. <clears throat> for by these he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value, so that by them you may escape from the immoral freedom that is in the world because of disreputable desire and become sharers of divine nature. In other words, we can leave behind the worldly life and move forward with the Lord. For this very reason, applying your diligence to the divine promises, make every effort in exercising your faith to develop Oops, hold on a second. <clears throat> Pardon me. Okay, so for this very reason, applying your diligence to the divine promises, make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence and in moral excellence knowledge. Knowledge is insight, understanding. And in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, steadfastness. And in your steadfastness, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly affection, and in your brotherly affection, develop Christian love. That is, learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do things for their benefit. Now this is long, in a way, the sentence is long, and the way it's written here might be a little harder to grasp than the simple version, but this is verses 5 and 6 of Second Peter 1. So let me read this without all amplification, because sometimes that narrows it down for us. For this very reason, applying your diligence in your faith to develop moral excellence, and in moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, in your self-control, steadfastness, and in your steadfastness, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly affection, and in your brotherly affection, love. So we're to develop these things, these um, characteristics, these morals, um, what's the, maybe, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but, but we are to develop our faith, develop moral excellence, develop knowledge and self-control and steadfastness, which you could say as uh, steadfastness is patience and perseverance um, and godliness and brotherly affection. And then love, Christian love, God's kind of love, where we seek the best for others. So we're to develop these things. These are moral attributes and um, the way we should be <clears throat> in our spiritual life. And, well, in our life. I mean, that's us spiritually. This is how we should be spiritually. And that should reflect outward from us in our life to others. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read on. I just wanted to make sure that we got that. There is a different version of that. Let me, let me here. Let me switch over for just a moment. Let's read a slightly different version of that, which you might be more familiar with. Let's see if this will read a little better. Okay, for this very reason, now this is from the English Standard Version. I'm just going to do this for these verses because I think this reads a little more familiar for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. So we are 
you know, to build up these moral and spiritual qualities within ourselves. We are to supplement our faith with virtue, and our virtue with knowledge, and our knowledge with self-control. So that's, you know, you're, you're getting the idea there. Um, another, let's see, the New King James Version reads this slightly differently. I don't do this all the time, but I think this is worthwhile. So the New King James Version says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. So just trying to make sure that we read and understand what's being said, that we should be adding or supplementing our faith with virtue, then supplement our virtue with knowledge. Now, what knowledge are we talking about? We're talking about knowledge of God. We're talking about uh, knowledge of God's Word and God's will and what He wants. Then, from knowledge, self-control, you know, we need to control ourselves so that we're not doing the wrong things and acting incorrectly. And then, adding to self-control, perseverance. We need to persevere and be patient and be steadfast. And then add to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, we add brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, we add love. Christian love, God's love. So I, I just wanted to make sure that we get that. And I know I read that in like three different versions right there. But I think, I think it is worthwhile to make sure that we're talking about the same things and that we understand that um, Peter is saying we need to make sure we develop these qualities within ourselves. These moral qualities, these are important spiritual qualities to have. And they're more than just spiritual. They do affect us. They affect our nature. They affect the way we act and the way we do. Um, but it starts within us. So we need to make sure. So verse 8, and I'm back to the Amplified, okay? So verse 8, For as these qualities are yours and are increasing in you as you grow towards spiritual maturity, they will keep you from being useless and unproductive in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, they will keep us, they will make us, and another way to say this is, if we have these qualities and we're increasing and growing in these as we become spiritually mature, we will be useful and we will be productive in the true knowledge of the Lord Jesus. It will help us to set an example for others and maybe to share with others and, you know, it will, it will help us to uh, be productive in God's kingdom. I mean, that's, that's what matters, right? It will help us to set an example and maybe others will We'll see that and, and know that and, and want to, you know, want to, you know, maybe we'll draw others to us, you know, you know, and in that we can then teach them about Christ because it's really Jesus in us that they see. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind, short-sighted, closing his spiritual eyes to the truth, having become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. Now that's verse 9 and then. Peter plainly says if we lack these qualities, if we're not working on ourselves and growing in these qualities, then we're blind. We're being short-sighted and we're 
not going to be productive and useful. Verse 10, Therefore, believers, be all the more diligent to make certain about His calling and choosing you. Be sure that your behavior reflects and confirms your relationship with God. For by doing these things, actively developing these virtues, you know, those qualities, by doing those things, you will never stumble in your spiritual growth and will live a life that leads others away from sin. Okay, I shouldn't have said anything earlier. We should have just read on. So we're going to continue to read for a moment. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly provided to you. So, by developing these qualities, by learning more and more about the Lord and developing these qualities in us, okay, by doing that we will we will not stumble, we will continue our spiritual growth, and we'll lead a life that, that leads others away from sin, we'll be setting a good example, and the way to the kingdom will be abundantly provided to you, which I can only think of that as being that the entry to heaven will be abundantly provided to us. Now, how do you abundantly provide an entry? Um, I guess you make it a big, easy-to-reach entry. It makes it easier to get there if you're, if you're following these principles and developing these things. It's going to be easier and easier as you go through life and as you spiritually mature to get to heaven. So, that's what makes sense to me in reading that. And that's the only way I can think of in which you abundantly provide an entry for in this way entry into the eternal kingdom will be abundantly provided is that you just it becomes easier and the entryway just appears bigger for you and it's easier for you to get there you know yeah because you're growing in these things I think that narrow path kind of for you becomes a wider boulevard it looks wider than it does when you're when you start out on that narrow path following the Lord but I think as we grow and mature, that path starts to look a little wider to us. I'm not saying that it necessarily is for everyone, but I think as you grow and mature, you, you start appreciating that path, and it's easier to follow that path. It's easier to follow the Lord. The Lord, like I've said before, He's, he's guiding us along that path. He's bringing us along with Him. He's not running ahead of us trying to get away from us, you know. He is there with his hand, taking our hand and guiding us. Therefore, I'm going to continue on verse 12. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and are established in the truth, which is held firmly in your grasp. I think it right, as long as I am in this earthly tent, to inspire you by reminding you, knowing that the laying aside of this earthly tent of mine is imminent, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Moreover, I will diligently endeavor to see to it that even after my departure, you will be able at all times to call these things to mind. Well, we have these letters here from Peter that do that. And we also have the, the uh, Gospels, and we have all the other letters and epistles from others. 
So and it's good to note here, and this is something that I believe is necessary. He says, therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and are established in the truth. It is wonderful and great. It is that we go back over these things that we remind ourselves and that we remind ourselves over and over that, hey, this is how we're supposed to be. This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is how we should be growing and developing ourselves and others and how we should be helping others. The gospel message all through the New Testament is one of encouragement, of love, of helping one another, caring about each other, not being judgmental, but instead, again, caring and helping one another. You see that all throughout all the epistles, everything. And it's, well, it's repetitive sometimes. Sometimes it's stated differently or said in slightly different ways, but it's a, it's a message on repeat from God that he loves us, he cares about us, he wants us to come to heaven, he wants us to be right with him, he wants us to help and care about one another. And it's just repeated over and over, but it's, it's good for us to hear this and know this and to hear it in different ways and see it in different ways and understand how to apply it in different ways in our lives. So it's all very important even though some of it is somewhat repetitive. (laughs) I couldn't say the word I wanted to say, so repetitive. But, and Peter says here, you know, and we should still be this way. And this is why, you know, this is why our preachers um, and, and our evangelists and everyone, they may, they may get up and talk about something. Oh, well, I heard that 10 years ago. Believe me, it will not hurt me to hear it again. It will not hurt me to, to judge myself by, by the word again on a subject that I've already heard just to see where I'm at now. Where was I 10 years ago when I first heard it and where am I now? Have I made progress? Do I need to continue working? Yes, I do. I always need to continue working on these things. I can just tell you, from my point of view, I always need to continue working. So, that's just the way it is, and I don't think that's a bad uh, attitude to have. I think we should recognize that we all need to continue, and we need to continue to hear the message. There's still more to learn. Even when we think we know it all, I think we turn around and find out, oh, I didn't understand that properly, or I didn't totally understand that. And there's more to it than what I at first thought. Because we learn, as we mature, we learn more and more. And we continue to learn. Sometimes there's uh, little um, subtleties to things that we pick up on more later that we didn't pick up on initially. That's okay. That's all right. That's part of learning and part of life. So repeating these things and having these things repeated to us, if you're going to present something, don't worry about how many times your audience has heard it. I'm sure they need to hear it again. I'm sure. And you don't need to do anything super special to try to make it weird or new or anything like that. Your audience, they need to hear the Word of God again. They need to hear that message again. We, we all do. I'm, that's just, again, that's just the way we are as people. Okay, going to continue on, verse 16. 
For we did not follow cleverly devised stories or myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, his grandeur, his authority, his sovereignty. For when he was invested with honor and the radiance of the, now I may say this wrong, it's Shekinah glory. Now, this is supposed to describe a visible divine presence like the brilliant light of the divine or of God. Maybe having to do with like the burning bush and the pillar of fire. I can't speak to that. I'm not really familiar with this except to just say that it's here and I'm just reading it. So, for when he was invested with honor and glory from God the Father, such a voice as this came to him from the splendid majestic glory in the bright cloud that overshadowed him, saying, This is my Son, my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased and delighted. And we actually heard this voice made from heaven when we were together with him on the holy mountain. So we have the pro prophetic word made more certain. You do well to pay close attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and light breaks through the gloom and the morning star arises in your hearts. I want to pause for just a moment here. Peter is reminding them that he is an eyewitness, that he and the other apostles are eyewitnesses. They saw and spent time with Jesus here on this earth in the flesh and that their their testimony is eyewitness testimony. He's reminding them of that, of that it is eyewitness testimony. And it's you know that it's very important that we remember that, that they heard this voice of God, you know, they heard this voice of God saying, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. So and here he says, so we have the prophetic word made more certain through their eyewitness testimony, and we should pay attention. He's telling us, basically, pay attention. You should pay attention to this as a lamp shining in a dark place, you know, and the morning star. And a lot of times Jesus is referred to as the morning star or the light bringer arises in your hearts. But understand this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of or comes from one's own personal or special interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So he's wanting us to make sure that we understand they have their eyewitness testimony, so their words and their prophecy is true, coming from God, and we should pay attention, but we should understand first that no prophecy is a matter of one's own personal or special interpretation, but it is, it is coming from God. It is coming through men by the Holy Spirit from God. It's coming from God, and that's that's you know that's concerning the Bible here. All that we have, all of that has come from God, even though it came through men. It came from God. So it's very important that we understand that, and you know, 
He's drawing special attention to them and their eyewitness accounts because, and their prophecies because they were actually with Jesus. They are eyewitnesses and it is very, uh, it's a very important thing for us to remember and realize that, that they lived and ate and spent time with Jesus here on this earth. Even after he was resurrected, they did those things. So it's very important that we recognize that, but also that we realize that all the Word of God comes from God. It comes through men, but it comes from God. So I want to thank you for listening. hope you have a wonderful day. Uh, may God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.